Hello. Hey, how are you doing? What's up, brother? How you doing? So yeah, I'll just give you the lowdown. The uh, uh, so I live in Green Valley Ranch by the airport. Uh-huh. So every single day, both directions, takes me probably thirty to forty minutes to get home, depending on traffic. Sometimes twenty, sometimes twenty-five. If I hit, hit the right traffic, so I'm just gonna start calling a, a comedian every single drive, chatting with them, do ten minutes of uh, chit chat about stand up so you are uh, my third guest so welcome so yeah I always ask people uh, what's going on in comedy did you do anything today have you ever been to that mic that's at it's a, like it's a kava bar like they have uh, have you ever fucked with kava uh uh-uh. uh so it's, at a, it's like right next to three kings and voodoo it's a, they have a mic and I went there and looked, it's, it's like a fucking opium den Wow. And I'm like, what do you guys? That's like, oh, I'll take something. And they and all they serve is this drink called kava. And I go and Google it, and it's like banned in Canada and Europe. Whoa! But it's legal in America. Yeah, it's and and, and they're also selling kratom, so I think it's like in the uh, that kind of stuff. I and I I drink it and I love it. Wow! What's the active ingredient? Like what? what um, is it like an op- opioid sort of thing? Because that's kind of what kratom is. Kratom, kratom for the pronounce both. It's depressing. So it's, it's similar to like alcohol, but you get. I was like, as soon as I was drinking it, I was getting the effects from it, and I just stopped smoking weed. Man, I this is giving me some sort of feeling that is really, really I really enjoy it. But it was so weird. There were people there, and they do something where you can drink as much as you want all night. Like you pay thirty bucks, you can drink as much as you want. Whoa! And there's just dudes. There's one dude just burning wood. I think it was like some hippie shit. And then some guy was just building jewelry. Like there's people who just chill out there, like it. Like an opium den, and just drink kava all night. And <laughs> did you do a set for these people? Yeah. Oh shit! Who's the host? Is it like a random open mic? It's more like a music, poetry, comedy kind ah, of open mic. So the mixed not- mixed media. Yeah, and I've gotten decent at those because I could like I don't know talk my way through the beginning. It's kind of weird to like jump into jokes. And so, you know, you kind of shit on the room or yourself to begin with or just you know, right. be funny in the situation. Then I started with, like, one-liners just because I knew everyone was probably a little bit buzzing off off the kava. <laughs> you know, that was my New Year's resolution. Like, uh, for myself, I wrote down, my New Year's resolution is start addressing the room before I start my set. Uh-huh. Like, did something happen? Did something funny? Did the last comedian say something? Address something in the room before you launch into your material. I, uh, was, I think it was a Bill Burr interview that, that struck me. He said, like, if you, a comedian, you, your act shouldn't, been, shouldn't be the same if there was a TV in the corner playing your act. It should, mm-hmm. should be a live experience that you're interacting and... Uh, you're in the room and you're reacting in the room. You're not just doing the same thing that a TV player actors do. So I've always, you know, I, some people force that shit. Like sometimes, you know, maybe nothing's funny, but it's like something's going on. It's good to address it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta address the elephant in the room. And sometimes that's you. That's why so many people have the "I know I look like" joke as their opener, because yeah. you gotta address the elephant in the room. And if you're a weird-looking son of a bitch, you better bring it up. Yeah, and an easy laugh too. That's, that's, what, a, that's the toolkit, man. If you need an easy laugh, think about how you look. 
Oh, yeah, that's solid. I have a joke that Andy Hamilton gave me. He said that I'm so wide I look like a haunted beard. Yeah. It was killing for weeks, and then one day it stopped, and I don't think it's ever worked again. Now it's just gone. I don't get things like that. Why did it work? I guess it was just me, the way I was saying it when it was new, but it's just baffling. Yeah, I have that old too. Um, I think I lose, I lose like the the reason why it was funny. Like it starts, just, I just start repeating it, and I stop realizing why it's funny. Mm. And sometimes I have to go back and literally kind of rethink it. Like, why the fuck is this funny? And I go, oh yeah, and I realize it again. But like, I've had so many things just die on the vine because I'm like, I don't know, you say them too much, and it loses its spontaneity or something. Like, I still don't understand that. Rogan, it's always, it's always fucking bothered me. Joe Rogan on his podcast years ago, I remember listening, and he said something that always stuck with me. He's like, I try to go into almost like a hypnotic trance where I experience the emotion. So when I'm saying it, I'm fucking there. I'm back. Yeah. I'm doing it. So when she kicked me in the nuts, I my nuts hurt again. Yeah. It's like, wow, I do not do that. I gra- granted, I'm fucking a two-year comic, and you know, so I. Yeah. But yeah, that, that always stuck with me. Try to capture that. Because yeah, I definitely, I rely, as a comic who desperately was. So anyone that's listening that isn't a Denver comic, Patrick Scott, one of the best joke writers, if I may throw a compliment your way, one of my favorite joke writers in the whole scene. Fucking beast. So as someone who has uh, got a good use of the words, it's like, man, fucking, you've got the first half figured out. Like as soon as you start getting your, I'm going to start doing a thing, uh, like no material. I'm going to pick like, a day a week where I go somewhere and I just go up with nothing. Maybe a premise. Maybe a premise. That way, I just came from uh, my show, Punchline Jeopardy, and for that show, we don't prepare nothing. Nothing. We got the categories for, for the comics that are playing the game, and then as a host, I don't prepare anything, and I'm under no obligation to be funny. Because of that, I'm so free. I end up hammering harder than I've ever hammered every single game because I'm, there's no pressure. I have no pressure to be funny. So I just say, if something pops in my mind, whip it out funny, and it always kills. It's like, God damn it! Why can't I be so loose with my stand-up? Yeah, the way I've been trying to view it recently is my job is, like, to go up there and be funny, and I have jokes and bits as, like, my toolkit or my utility belt. Uh-huh. And I, I use those when it happens. But, mm. I, my, but like, I, I should go up there with the intention of trying to be funny. And that and that is a more open-ended thing than rather than just like here's here's my bit I'm gonna go down this list right let me go up there and make people laugh and here's my tools that I can go into it and mix success on that and, you know it's so weird just doing this for so long how how little I understand about it how long are and you in now seven years seven years goddamn that's got how did weed affect your comedy was that did, was that a hard give up um I I think it's I think it's been, I think it's been bad for me. Okay. I think, uh, I think I used it as a crutch as far as just like, I feel like I was, I don't know, I felt like it'd be more spontaneous, more comfortable with it, but I think I was kind of like dumbing myself down because I could, I could be that clever and, and that uh, creative without it. Right. And, and often too many times I got too high and got, I was getting freaked out and put myself at a disadvantage right off the gate because I was already fucked up. So I think I think that's what I'm learning with trying to just kind of abstain from it from a bit. It's like, okay, what am I using it? 
and it's beneficial or when am I using it just to, you know, numb myself or deal with anxiety or something like that. So I've only been doing not doing it for like a couple weeks already. Right. And you already noticed. Yeah, people already told me like, oh you I'm like, okay. Maybe I didn't maybe I was just doing this because I was scared that I had to like medicate myself with it. I smoke as much weed as a human can smoke most days. And then I go up, like I went to Greeley on Saturday and I rode with uh, comic Owen Matthews. He doesn't smoke weed. So I smoke a bunch of pot before we get in his car for the drive up to Greeley. We drive an hour to Greeley. We get there. We park. We go inside. We get our drink tickets, chit chat. Then I'm the last on the list. It's not like a headliner situation, you know. It was a packed it was actually a great gig. It was a packed bar gig, but so even though I'm going last and doing fifteen, I'm not the headliner by any stretch. But I'm going last. So I drove up, I didn't smoke any weed on the drive, I didn't smoke any weed inside, and then I just decided like everyone went out to smoke. I was like, ah, I'm just gonna not and then I ended up having an amazing set, not thinking anything of it. I was like, Hey, I knew my material, I should I do Apple's show the next day, and I'm, it's like a house party show, and I'm stoned as fuck. And I know, I know the material inside and out, and it was just the latency. It wasn't there, and I have to force myself to acknowledge, like, hey, like, I know you love weed, and it's amazing, but there's latency in, in the space in between when, if you're sober, the joke comes in a millisecond, and if you're super stoned, it comes in 10 milliseconds. Yeah, I will say, caveat to all of this, sometimes I've been stoned, and I think I just have, I've had enough skill to perform under that influence, and it is so fucking fun. When you just rip stone, and in the the pocket so much that it doesn't fucking matter, or maybe it's working well together, that's an amazing feeling, too. You know what? I'm not going to say that, like, being fucking ripped drunk or stoned and killing it is a great feeling. But it's, it's a, you're, you're doing it with like, a, it's a little bit harder to pull up. Yeah, I, uh, my buddy's been offering me Adderall before shows, and then I'll have good shows, and I'm like, I can't make this a habit. Can't fucking start doing this. We're not taking Adderall. We're not doing that game. We're not playing that. Because I don't drink, so whenever I can have a little, I go, oh, I'll take a little bit of that. A little something to take the edge off. And then you kill. It's like, oh, maybe that's the secret. Nope. Fuck that. Sober. Just go up and kill. It's painful to do comedy sober. <laughs> but I, you know, everyone's their own experiment. Like, everyone's going to have different ways that it works for them and ways that it doesn't work for them. Of course. Um, but I just always don't. I just don't like the idea of, like, I need this to do this. Like, it's all in someone's head. I feel like you can do sober. And, I, and, I, and this may just, like, me being older. like... I just, like, I want to be able to do every... I, I, you know, I've been stoned too much in my life. Like, I think I could do it without it. I do it more medicative, like, for anxiety and depression and stuff. And I think I need to not do that anymore. And so that's why I'm stopping it. It's like, okay, I need to fucking figure this shit out and not 
Yeah. Right. Well, and having a kid also plays into that. I know with, I have a daughter that is like, what, three weeks older than your son. Me and Patrick had a kid like the same month. What's his birthday? Mine's uh, July 16th. August 7th. Wow. So yeah, three weeks. We're right in that wheelhouse. So yeah, I I always, uh, I kind of had a joke that I wrote in my notebook I haven't done yet that I always, I smoke flour, so I always reek of pot. Like, even if I haven't smoked in a while, I'll have a little smell on my fingers or something. And I, I always think it's like my daughter's going to be obsessed with skeezy stoners dating because she's going to meet these guys and go, I don't know why, I just feel safe around you. The smell. And it's like, ah, oh, the pot. So, yeah, being a dad definitely does affect, even if you're as cynical as I am about it, you still got to be, yeah, you know, that's probably the right move. No, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that the... The whole process has changed me in ways that I can't even understand, and I think maybe that my my uh, my thinking of have changed because of the kid, and I don't even know it because he's changing me so much every day, and I don't even. You did. Uh, you avoided the trap that I most certainly fell in, where you didn't obsessively talk about it for six months after. No, uh, it's just kind of what what works well for me. Mm. I've, I've, you know, because I've, I've had like really. Like, I've had periods where my jokes are like, here's a clever idea that I've had about this topic, and those are always do okay, but I've always had better results from saying, here's my life, here's my story, here's my experience, and it just happens to be that my wife, my kid, or my family is my life and my experience, so that becomes a lot of the subject matter, and uh, I try and not be too self-conscious about it, because I do think that's a good niche for me. And I do think I'd bring, like, a different angle to it that's not super generic and corny. But, like, I would love to be super clever and original. But I think my, my if I was going to, like, see what, what, what path is going to be best for me, am I just being personal, telling these stories, and maybe being relatable, maybe not, but just being very, I don't know, myself and telling about my life. Because I think that's, that's the material that I, when I make that shit, that's the most unique stuff. Like, I have a bunch of, like, clever jokes that are okay, but I just don't think I ever really connect with people as much as if I do the stuff about my kid and my life. And and so that's where I'm going. I'm a little self-conscious about it because so I don't want it to all be bad material. But. Yeah, no, I could tell because you, you went up, I've seen you a bunch, and, you know, the last as we all do, catch each other at the mics. I noticed, like, I immediately had, like, five and six minutes like where I do like a whole four minute set about just the kid and then you go you yeah. got two funny jokes and then something about this something about that and I was like ah discipline that motherfucker he didn't fall into that trap well it's just you know I'm I'm with such with Mike shit I'm just like okay I have this idea let me try it out so that is definitely that is the whole kitchen that's, that's everything in the kitchen sink that I'm throwing out there so yeah I'm just seeing if it works so. Fuck yeah. Well, I always, uh, so we're wrapping up into 15 minutes. I always ask uh, two questions. I only have two standard questions I always ask people. Answer them however you want. What is, uh, what's going good in comedy? What are you stoked about? What's new? What's fresh? You got anything cooking? What's the best shit going on for Patrick? For me? Yeah. You got anything cool going on? Mm, not really. No? Just, do, just no, doing, I'm doing mics? Very, yeah, I'm not very, uh, Entrepreneurious or like work hard kind of guy. So I don't know what's going on. Well, you get booked a fair amount, so you're out there. I get booked, but I'm not like I see people writing shows and shit and making really creative things, and I just have never 
taken that. I've never had that work ethic, and it has not served me well. But uh, well, I can tell you from producing the show just tonight, it is a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's like oh, I've done it. wrangling. I've, of course, yeah, you've been in the game forever, man. I had a crowd work show that I love, and I want to get, get try and get restarted again. But it was such a it's such a hassle and like not a muscle that I really have worked out. It's the the producer thing. All right, well then maybe this one will be easier. The second question I always ask is the opposite. What's shit? What's hard about comedy? What's the what's the real kick in the ass right now about comedy? Um, trying not to get incredibly depressed about it. Mm. When you when you do, like I've just been doing it for a decent amount of time, like seven years. You've just seen so many people either quit or progress past you, and it's really hard not to uh, get discouraged by that. Mm. Uh, it's really, really hard, but if, but because I love it so much, I could get through that. I've seen so many people quit when they hit that wall, when they when you know all their friends have either quit or done you know or comedy works and working and not coming to the mic, mm-hmm. and it's really depressing, and they quit, and it's because either they're still not getting something out of it, but I'm still getting something out of it because I just like telling jokes and being a comedian, so I'm still doing it. You, uh, and enjoy because I enjoy the process but I think some people want a reward eventually mm-hmm. and I'm almost I'm almost happy with just being just working really hard all the time and maybe I get something that validates me or rewards me in some way but I'm also okay if I don't because I do enjoy the process of, of creation enough to do it without ever ever getting any sort of reward out of it Hi guys, it's Josh Grambo. Well, that was an amazing conversation. Patrick Scott, he really opened up. That was amazing. It was so nice of him. I never had a chance to really talk with Patrick for more than, you know, four or five minutes at a time, passing at mics and shows. So it was super awesome to sit down with him for almost 20 minutes. He had a lot of good intel there. Don't get depressed, keep writing, be in it for the love of the game. Respect that shit. It's a good night. Punchline Jeopardy went great. Tear and win. Respect. So this was uh, Patrick was my third guest, but this is the first one I'm going to release. He killed it so much and was so honest in that conversation and the crazy story about the Kava Bar. Holy shit! I'm have to check that out. Y'all know Grambo likes to get fucked up. Well. Thank you for listening. We're going to be doing this every single day. So if you're a comic that hears this and I don't have your phone number, send me a message on Facebook because you might just get a call. The show is called Comics with Grambo. And I'm out.